Hi friends, this is episode 78 of Self-Care and Soul Care for the Caregiver. This is Lauren Crow, one of your co-hosts, and I'm here today with our other co-host, Sandra, and we are so excited to talk about hosting the holidays as a caregiving family. We are going to share some tips. We're also going to share some genuine challenges when it comes to hosting the holidays as a caregiver family. So I hope that you tune in and enjoy this episode and it gives you hope and encouragement as we enter this holiday season. So Sandra, we are here today. We are ready (laughs) for the holidays. We have all of our Christmas gifts. They're bought, they're wrapped, they're put under our tree. Our houses are fully decorated. (laughs) We've already baked and froze pies and all the casseroles and they're in our deep freeze that we don't even have. Um, We're just so prepared, aren't we? I know. This can be a short episode, right? (laughs) Like, hey, everything's done. Good luck to everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) We're good to go. No, friends, like there could be no no worse lie that I just offered (laughs) you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> We're coming here as normal people who are trying to figure out how Thanksgiving is next week and how we are going to host if we are hosting Thanksgiving and then yeah. the upcoming Christmas. I know. It's I, I mean like this time of year flies by so fast and and I just think I mean, I, James is out of school all next week. So this feels like my last week to get things done before Thanksgiving. And then especially partly because we're a pastor's family, like December is booked with, and I know that's true for everybody, but we get invited to everybody's Sunday school parties and everybody's stuff. And we have to figure out what we're going to say yes to and no to, but man, December feels like it goes in, in the blink of an eye. So fast. I saw in our Abiding Caregiver Facebook group that there were many moms that said, I am trying to get everything done this week before my kids are out of school and therapy next week. And you could kind of sense a low grade anxiety because sometimes breaks go surprisingly well, but a lot of times, especially if you have younger ones, breaks can be really hard or kiddos that don't do well with change in routine. It's hard to manage the anxiety that you feel the week before a holiday when you want to feel like this joyful anticipation. It's typically like you're managing this anxiety of like, how is next week going to go? What could go wrong? How can I get ahead of it? How can I prepare my family and myself? And so you can kind of see even in our Facebook group that that conversation is already spinning of next week is coming. Yeah. Absolutely. It's so, and you know, and this is kind of a different year for so many of us because we're under fewer COVID restrictions than we were. And so maybe even if last year you didn't get together with family or you didn't host or you didn't travel, more of us are doing it this year than did it last year. And so not only is it that, but it's also like, oh, we're kind of out of practice for this. Like we may have had some solutions and some things that worked for us a year and a half ago, but now our kids are that much older and things are different and they're in different routines. And so you almost have to say, wait, what works and what doesn't? And how am I going to figure this out on the fly? Yeah, you are kind of starting over in a sense. I didn't even think of that, but that is true. This year we're doing something new, which is hosting Thanksgiving for my husband's side of the family. 
Um, I say hosting loosely in the <laughs> sense of that <laughs> he just has one brother and his family that's actually local. His sister lives in California. So it'll be his father and then his brother's family. And his brother's family is one that actually we can rely on um, to watch our all of our kids and even our son that has special needs. So that's honestly easier. Just like, I'm just going to lay it out there. Like, I'm not as stressed about that because of who we're hosting. It's like, oh, they get it. And like Barrett won't use the bathroom with just anybody, but he will allow my sister-in-law to assist him. And so these are people where it's like, oh, okay. At least they get it. If he's screaming or melting down or whatever, it's like, I don't even have to explain it, you know, but there's still that sense of like, okay, you know, we're having people enter the house and Barrett gets a little anxious. Like, are you leaving or not leaving? Like, are these people here to babysit or like, what are we doing? So there's already things we're kind of like thinking through when it comes to hosting. But honestly, this is the first time in a really long time we would have even considered it. And the main reason we said yes is because when we weighed going somewhere to someone else's house versus hosting at our home, hosting one as the easier option. Yeah, absolutely. Are y'all hosting or going this year? Well, for Thanksgiving, we're going, but we're just going to my parents' house, which we do a lot. You know, they just live one town over. Um, and especially because school will be out all next week it'll be good for us to get out of the house (laughs) on Thursday. And so the hard thing is, like you said, when we take James over there, he doesn't know if it's a babysitting situation. Like, are we leaving or are we staying? And then we can only stay for so long until he hits his limit. Um, So we're not hosting Thanksgiving, but my husband's parents who live in North Carolina are coming to visit the next weekend. And so they will be staying at our house They come in on a Friday and they leave on a Monday and they do this two or three times a year, which is great. It's easier than us traveling to North Carolina. All of us like Lee and David go to North Carolina more often. James and I haven't been there in a long time, but it's other people in your house. We don't have a huge house either, you know, so it's you're kind of on top of each other and the dog is here. And so even though it's much easier than traveling to have them here, it's still for us. I mean, you know, they only see him a couple of times a year. And so, um, and so little things are hard. Like they like to eat out and we don't eat out as a family easily. I mean, we do like a drive-through, but we don't go into a restaurant. (laughs) And so there's a lot of things that we just split up. Like Lee and David will go and James and I will stay home and they'll go out to eat or they'll do whatever, go do something, some kind of activity and James and I will stay home, which actually is great because it gives us a little chance to kind of reset and hang out and be quiet at home by ourselves. But, um, you know, I mean, still just having anybody in your home who isn't always there. (laughs) We talked about you and I both have boys and, uh, like James has been going through this phase where he doesn't want to wear clothes. So he just has like his undies on and then like, Hey, you got to get dressed. And he says, people coming over. Like, like that's the only reason we would be dressed is because people are coming over. I'm like, no, you're 
you need to put clothes on regardless of who is in this house. But when his grandparents are here for four days, he, he does need to stay fully clothed. And, you know, so it's just those little things that, that you just kind of don't even think about because it's your family, but then you're totally aware of them when you have somebody else there. Yeah, I we actually... <laughs> had people over one time a couple years ago and this was whenever all of like the challenges with autism were at the highest peak and clothing was just like an optional resource for Barrett as well at this point (laughs) and there were people in our dining room and I was sitting at a chair where I could see down the hall where the bedrooms were. Oh, yeah. And thank God the other people were sitting on the other side of the dining table. And I'm just kind of, you know, momming, looking down the hall every now yeah. and then. And lo and behold, full, there weren't any underwear on. Oh, there no. A full birthday suit show. <laughs> and it wasn't his birthday. Not that that would make it appropriate. <laughs> but I jumped up so fast from the table and ran down the hall before he made it out you know so that he and he was just walking down the hall he was about to make it to the kitchen and I like ransacked him like it was like one of those tackle football (laughs) (laughs) mom don't you dare and like threw him into the bathroom and I'm like do you need to go potty? You know, yeah. and I just remember that was probably one of two low moments of will I ever be able to have like people over my yeah. house in a normal way? Because like I want to protect my son. I don't, you know, like I want yeah. to honor him and respect him and his personhood. And if that's something that could happen, I don't, you know, want to expose other people, and neither do I want him to be exposed, whether he right. realizes it or not. Yeah. And so that was one of my lower moments when it came to hosting. And we actually paused hosting for a while. And this is coming from the family who we've talked about this because we church planted too. And during a church plant season, we had people over three to five times a week. It was, I would never recommend doing that. It literally burned us out and we didn't have them over for like nachos or a sandwich, which is fine. And believe me, my standards are at that point right now. Um, We were making no lie every single time filet mignon. Wow. My husband was grilling steak. I was making homemade mashed potatoes, baking a homemade pie or whatever. Everything was homemade. It was (laughs) four course meal. Like, I mean, we went all out because we enjoy hospitality. We enjoy hosting. And it's like a part of our love to other people. Like we want to feed you good. We have a sign in our kitchen that says the crow's nest, our last name's crow. And it says, eat your best and take a rest because eating good and resting well are like our two values over here. (laughs) And so we love to invite people into that. Well, that burnt us out on top of Barrett's having special needs and learning how to manage that. And so then we, a couple of years ago had a, this was like the final nail in the coffin where we had a holiday at someone's home and it just went painfully wrong. And we were just trying to make it happen for other people. And um, we tried to push down our needs as a family and Barrett's needs and like, we'll just in and out, let's just make this happen. That way we don't cause an issue. And we were exhausted already. It was just a really hard year. And, you know, their tree was being toppled over and (laughs) they had a bunch of food out that at that point, 
Barrett could not eat that food, but he would want to eat that food. But we were on a healing digestive system journey and he just yeah. literally, it would end up, end us up in the ER if he ate it at that uh, point. Yeah. And so we had to leave early, which upset other people people and it also upset our other two children who wanted to stay and finish opening gifts and you know and so we get in the car and I am upset and it takes a lot for me to like get visibly upset and I was like it was like I finally hit that moment of like we can't have people over because he was running around naked the other day and now we can't go out because he's gonna topple over people's Christmas trees and try and eat dairy you know and he can't have dairy and so I just remember on that drive home, it was so obvious to even, I think my son, oldest son was like seven or eight, that mommy was having like a moment yeah. that he was like, mom, are you okay? You know, oh. like, and, and so I actually had my husband drop me off by myself at the house and that he took the kids on like a little mini Christmas light look around yeah. the neighborhood so I could cool off. And that was probably one of the only times that I've been that upset about something. And so I just want to say like, friends, Sandra and I get it. Like this yeah. isn't some like fluffy, oh, just have people over or just right. go and make it happen. No, like we've like felt the fire and we've yeah. you know, got some burns that we've had to like uh, put some healing balm on over time. So us having people over this year and then we're looking at Christmas where how do we... <laughs> are we going out again? Um, it, it is brings a level of anxiety, but I do think we have some tips that we've kind of figured out over the years that do make it more doable. Yeah, I think so too. Cause like you said, we also church planted, we had people over like 47 out of 52 weeks one year. And, and you just, you find things that work <laughs> and you just keep repeating them. And then, you know, as a pastor's family now, my husband, especially, I mean, this would be his gift, no matter what job he had. He loves hospitality. Like you guys do. He loves grilling out. He loves having people over and the COVID season has been really hard on him because we haven't been able to have people over. And so now we're getting back into that routine and, uh, you know, like, his staff, we're going to have the staff, staff come over for a Christmas party. And then, um, we have some friends who are going to come over and watch a football game with us. And so it's just, you know, you just get back into opening your home again. And then you're like, what, what made this easier last when we were in a season of doing it before and how can we get back into those things that made it easier again? Well, I'll tell you something that we're doing this year. And this comes from the people who actually love to cook and bake. So my tip this year, one of my biggest tips is having like the big parts of the Thanksgiving meal catered. Yeah. Nothing like super fancy catering company, but like we ordered from a local place that does steaks and things like that. Well, they have like a Thanksgiving family package. And now we're going to bake all of our yummy baked goods and have that because that matters to us. I love to bake and be in the kitchen with my kids. My kids are already making a list of all the pies we're making next week. So we're doing all the baking and that's going to be fun. But the main courses that I grew up making as a kid and have such special memories with my grandparents making like a million different things together. I thought that I would have that you know, at this stage of my life, but I had to release it and say what mattered, what matters most. Yeah. And what matters most 
knows is that I can be present and I'm not, for lack of better words, losing my mind <laughs> during the holidays. And so I love to bake. It's life giving. I want, I'd rather have baking memories with my kids than us like you know, them sticking their hand up the turkey's bottom, you know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> and so, so we ordered this year for the first time ever, like the meal will be catered, the major parts, and then we're just going to focus on the baking and being present and not feeling like I'm losing it because Barrett will be out of his routine. My oldest son will be out of his routine and that's a struggle for him. And then I have a four-year-old who is probably an Enneagram eight. I really <laughs> I really think. And so <laughs> she's, there's just a, like a lot of dynamics there. So just having things as like low key as possible actually brings more joy. So that's mm -hmm. my biggest tip is maybe think outside the box, try something new, even if you're like, oh, that's not how I've always done it. And just see, you don't have to do that every year. You know, yeah. I think sometimes we make a decision and we think we're going to do that forever, but it's like, just focus on this holiday. Yeah. I think that's great, especially when you are, when you're the host, there's some other things that are included, like cleaning the house. <laughs> like that takes a lot of time. I already started cleaning this week for my in-laws coming in a couple of weeks, just because I can't devote a whole day to it, you know? And, and so even if you aren't getting like, like we have never had anybody come in and clean the house, but we talked about doing that this time for a couple of times over the next few months because I can, I need to take care of the clutter, but I don't have time to really get the bathrooms and do, you know, like really to get when James is home, it's just really hard to do that. So that's one of the things we're talking about outsourcing this year to just kind of say, what can we do and what's important to us and, and what can we delegate to somebody else? And, you know, we, we've got to figure what out we've got to figure out what our priorities are. And like you said, what's the most important thing. And for you, it's making those memories baking for me next week. And then week after it's going to be giving James my full attention because he needs it. And I can't take 30 minutes or 45 minutes where I'm in a different room yeah. than he is. Um, he just can't be left alone that long, you know? And so uh, 10 minute intervals. That's what yeah. we do. Yeah. 10 minutes after 10 minutes, we don't have a timer. It's a natural <laughs> thing inside Brock and I were like, Oh, it's been 10 minutes. We just yeah. know. It and we go check. Yeah. Just, it's something. <laughs> right. Well, and you know, like that gives you enough time to move a load from the washer to the dryer and start another load, but it doesn't give you time to fold and hang. You no. know? <laughs> <laughs> like this last weekend, my kids, have asked for years to do Christmas lights on our house and so we just moved this year and so it was like yay we can finally kind of like nest and get planted again because we were kind of in a transitional season for a while and so this weekend I stayed in the house and took care of Barrett so that my husband could be outside the house with our oldest putting the Christmas lights together and oh, so okay. we do you gotta like take turns and make sure. So when you do that, you can't spread yourself. So thin. Yeah. you can't, you know, and if I don't give Barrett quality of time, not the whole time, but if I don't give him some quality time, he's just not going to do very good that day. Yeah. Like if I'm like just trying to drag him room by room with me or something like that, it doesn't work. And so I think that's so good to say, what can I outsource that I don't actually have to do? 
I think that's so important. Um, I think the lazy genius has helped me so much. Um, one of her principles is to decide once what you're going to do. And, you know, that is like lifted off this like mental load of, did I make the right decision? Yeah. And like, maybe there's other options out there. And what I mean by that is, so whenever we decide, okay, we're going to cater Thanksgiving. I, after we made that decision, I was like, Ooh, maybe, I mean, it's not that hard to make a turkey and I, I can make dressing in my sleep. And I started like mental load, like, oh, well, th- maybe it would be cheaper because I'm like a budget person. Maybe it'd be cheaper if I just, you know, made it. And, you know, and you start going back and forth mentally. I think what we have to decide is when we or have to do is when we decide, okay, we're going to pay someone to clean the house on these three days. We're going to go ahead and cater this meal on this day. We're going to do something this way leave it alone and let your brain rest because there's so many other decisions. And you talked about it last week, the decision fatigue is real and getting things on autopilot. And I think that principle of just decide one time how you're going to do it. And then don't second guess yourself, just enjoy because that for me, it sucks me dry. And I can't enjoy when I start just that cycle in my brain of was that the right decision? Or if I see that someone else is doing something differently and I'm like, Oh, well, that's what maybe we should shift. No, always yeah. <laughs> stick with the original plan. Yeah. If you don't take anything from this podcast, my friend, don't change your plans. <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you and I, I mean, even just the two of us, you and I have different priorities. Like I'm not a baker. Like I don't, so we ordered pies. We're getting those, <laughs> you know, like from a school fundraiser. So we've got that, but I don't even like bake Christmas cookies or anything. I go to Trader Joe's and they have peppermint Jojo's. They are my favorite cookie. I have bought them. I mean, even when we lived in Pennsylvania, we would drive to Baltimore for these cookies. And that's what I give as teacher gifts. And so I like, I buy 25 boxes or something like a ridiculous amount. So I'm even strategic about, okay. Cause I have to go into Houston to go to Trader Joe's. So I kind of, it's like, takes a half day to do. So I'm like, okay, when can I go and what, cause I get special food there, you know, like it's not something we get all the time. So I'm going to pick the day that I'm going to go to Trader Joe's. Then, then my baking and I'm using air quotes around baking, (laughs) my baking is done, but also my teacher gifts are done because that's what my teacher gift is. And then I'm, then I have cookies and they're amazing. And then, and other people give us baked goods and cookies. So we're never lacking in that homemade experience. Um, but like last year, because of COVID, I didn't make it to Trader Joe's and I didn't, well, Aldi has the same cookies. So if you're not close to a Trader Joe's and you're close to an Aldi, um, it's the same, it's like, it's called something different, but it's the same cookie. So I did have a friend that made it to Aldi and got a box of cookies for me. So I'm, I'm eating them like in January, but (laughs) They were still so good. So, but you can't, like, I don't want to go to Trader Joe's before they put their Christmas stuff out or I'll miss them, but I can't go late because sometimes they sell out. So I've got to go like this optimal window. Uh, and then I, then my baking and gift giving and <laughs> everything all in one Trader Joe's trip. It's done. I love that. That is an excellent decide once strategy. <laughs> yeah. And it's been the same for years, which is funny because James's teacher has been the same teacher for three years. So hopefully she likes those cookies. You know, it isn't just like tolerating them. And, um, but you know, I mean, it just, 
anything that we can make easier on ourselves, but stick with what's important to us. And so baking is your important thing. It's not my important thing. So that's how I kind of outsource that so that I have more energy for other things. That's so good. And I think another thing that's like super helpful tip is expectations. Yeah. When it comes to hosting, I think expectations um, of like (laughs) us lowering ours a little bit to say what really, really matters. That way we don't have this like a fantasy of what we, what we would like to happen. And then we're like disappointed after, you know, Yeah, I think kind of having that conversation with like your spouse and with your kids, like we really try to involve our other two kids and like how things are going to go and kind of set them up like, Hey, if I'm not like the worst case scenario person, but I do like to kind of be like, Hey, if Barrett for some reason has a rough day, I want y'all to know this is the exit strategy and I apologize ahead of time. And this is how we will make it up to you. Like that kind of thing, if, yeah. if we're in that type of situation, but also having kind of like this communication with those who are coming over your house. Absolutely. Like give that, I haven't, like in the past, I wasn't good about that because I didn't even know how to talk about it yet. To yeah. be honest, I was just yeah. still grieving and the new world that we were living and I didn't have words yet it was all up in my mind I like I couldn't get the words out well that didn't lead to very successful hosting (laughs) or going out and so I think talking with the people who are coming over I think talking with your family and then you and your spouse having this like okay because Brock and I we take turns like okay we need to like who's taking him to the bathroom and who, and we like do this, like swap (laughs) this, we tap each other in and out. And once we kind of got into a better, like practice of that dance, when we're hosting, our expectations were so much better because we both got to like connect with other people. There were times in the past where it was like, one of us got to really enjoy and connect, but the other one didn't. And so like, anyways, it takes some time to learn those dance steps, but it's worth having the conversation and practicing that, having people over to practice all of this, because when you set your expectations, well, I, you really can have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. I have a saying that we do at our house and it's clear communication is kind. Clear Uh communication is kind because confusion is not kind. And if I want to be kind to the people who are coming over, even the people in my house, the clearer I can communicate the easier it is. And so we always think, how can I communicate this more clearly? How can I communicate expectations? How can I communicate what I want from this evening? Like we're having friends over to watch football. So these are my friends more than they are Lee's friends. These aren't church friends. These are, this is, uh, I, the wife and I knew each other years ago, the husband and I keep up with each other on social media and they live in the Houston area, but like an hour away. Well, we haven't seen them uh, like once in the last five years or something, you know, but our team, my favorite team is playing his favorite team. And so I thought, well, let's try to get together. And so, and their kids are close to my kids ages. And so I'm just going to communicate, Hey, here's what it looks like at our house. And here's what you can expect. And at set, we're going to keep James, even though you're going to be here, we're going to keep James on his routine. So he's going to take his bath at seven 30 and he's going to go to his room at eight and, you know, just, like just know what to expect. And because they, they haven't been around 
my kids in years. And really she's the friend who we, they lived in Maryland and we lived in Pennsylvania and we met at a mall one time. And this was pretty soon after James's diagnosis. Cause I still had him in a stroller. And she said, my kids have not been around a lot of other kids with autism. So what can, what can I tell them to expect and how can I prepare them to meet James so that they know, you know, what's going to happen. And I thought it was such a kind question, you know, for me to kind of say, well, here's what he likes and here's what might upset him. And here's probably how the time is going to go. Because even though our kid, like the typical siblings in our family know, okay, at the mall, he might have a meltdown. And that means we're going to have to, you know, have an exit strategy. Like you said, when you're meeting somebody else's family and their kids, those kids don't know that there's this countdown. And if we don't get out of this store here, we're, it's going to be a lot worse in five minutes. And so I just thought that was really kind of her to kind of say, um, how can we best be a good friend and how can my kids be a good friend to your kids, uh, and, and have the right expectations going into that. So I learned so much from that all those years ago that I'm still applying where I can say, okay, remember, 10 years ago, when you asked me this question, well, I'm going to answer it again. So here's what your kids, your teenagers now can expect when they come over. Um, because it's still, you know, our lives are just so different from their lives, but uh, I love that because you can kind of feel like, is this awkward to have this conversation? You know, like, are they going to feel like, okay, I don't want to come now. Yeah. That's a lot. Like that's always the fear for me. Like if I share too much, they won't, they won't want to come. But then I think, well, if I don't prepare them, they won't come back. So like, yeah, (laughs) it's better to prepare them on the front side than, and to feel awkward about it. And honestly, people don't really respond awkwardly. It's just in my head, you know, this is going to be awkward, but I think what's been so surprising to me is the more I, through my fear that's still there, the more I become vulnerable to allow people into our world, whether that's hosting here or getting together somewhere else or whatever it is. But the more I allow people into our world, the more I see how God softens other people's hearts and how much Barrett blesses other people And not because he (laughs) is great enough or performs so well or checks all the boxes. No, (laughs) he doesn't. But the way that he loves people and bears the image of God is so unique. And the way that our family serves him, I have learned through relationships that really blesses other people and they get a glimpse of the kingdom of God in a very unique way. And so whenever I try and hide our family, like to protect our family, I am limiting others to experience the kingdom of God in the way that God is on display in our family, the way we bear his image and bear the image of his kingdom, because we're serving I tell my kids all the time, we have the opportunity every day to serve one of the least of these in God's kingdom. And let me show you how important that is to God in scripture. And so we have to remember that there's a lot of other families because me and you are both special needs siblings. So like, this is so normal for me to always have thought of like the least of these because I've always had one in my home. (laughs) 
<laughs> to serve. And, but the thing is, is most families, it's not like that. They don't have that experience. And so it's such a norm for me. I forget until I invite other people in and they're like, I want to come back. Like your family blesses me so much. Like even our babysitter, like most precious woman as Barrett's like, you know, maturing physically, he's becoming an older boy now. I've told her before, like, if you never want to come back, like it won't hurt my feelings. Just yeah. tell me, like, I know this is probably awkward. Just, you don't ever have to come back again. Like no hurt feelings. We can be friends. You know, she's like, no, oh. I love serving your family. Barrett blesses me so much. No, really. I don't mind helping them in this way. And, da, da, da. Yeah. and I'm like, really? We bless your family. We're not a <laughs> burden we're not awkward you're not afraid yeah. you're gonna see him naked you know like it's like it blows my mind every time people have talked to me with tears in their eyes saying how much just being around our family blesses them and Brock and I feel frazzled and exhausted and like gray hairs popping out and from <laughs> the experience and then people are like that blessed me so much and we're like well we have to go take a nap but yeah. we're so grateful <laughs> this blessed your heart so thankful for how God works in our weakness. <laughs> yeah. And you know, that reminds me like there was, I was reading in second Samuel and this is a story that maybe we'll wrap up with and then you can pray for us and, and tell us what's coming up next. But I read something I never read before. And so we're familiar, most of us are familiar with Mehebesheth. And so Mehebesheth was John, David and Jonathan were best friends. Jonathan was Saul's son and Mehebesheth was his was Jonathan's son. And so during all of these battles, uh, Saul dies, Jonathan dies, and the uh, person taking care of Mehebesheth, like to, to save his life, runs out with him and, and they have an accident. And so he becomes lame in both of his legs, scripture says. And so I was reading a few chapters before that in, in 2 Samuel chapter 5, and this is talking about, so David is defending the city and it's under attack. And, and so the, the scripture says, <clears throat> David said on that day, whoever would strike the Jebusites, let him get up the water shaft to attack the lame and the blind who are hated by David's soul. Therefore, it is said the blind and the lame shall not come into the house. Okay, so in 2 Samuel 5, David hates the lame and the blind. And I'm like, I had never read that before. So then... In 2 Samuel 9, this is what we read. Mehebesheth, the son of Jonathan, son of Saul, came to David and fell on his face and paid homage. And David said, Mehebesheth, and he answered, Behold, I am your servant. And David said to him, Do not fear, for I will show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan, and I will restore to you all the land of Saul, your father, and you shall eat at my table always. So he has taken, he's gone in chapter 5 from he hates the blind and the lame to in chapter nine, Mehebesheth eats at his table and he restores to him everything that was lost at the deaths of Jonathan and Saul. And so it's exactly what you're talking about. The more time we can spend together, the more we can sit at a table together, the more present we are and the more often we show up people respond to that and they, and I'm not saying that the people hate the blind and the lame, you know, like this language there, but sometimes they're scared or sometimes they're nervous or they're afraid they're going to say the wrong thing, or they just have no experience and they don't know what to expect. But when we keep reaching out and keep including and inviting, 
it changes families, it changes hearts, it changes minds. And then, then they know better what it's like to love families like ours. And they see what it's going to look like in the kingdom <laughs> when there's a way bigger variety of people there than I think we realize is going to be there. Oh, that is so good. And it really shows that hospitality is not about ourselves. Hosting is not about ourselves. It's about the other people. It's yeah. about showing love of God to those that come to our table and receiving that as a gift and that it goes both ways, that we are blessed whenever we give and we are blessed by those people that come to our table. And so I think this holiday season, just walking through the fear and saying, how can our family show the love of Jesus? Because if we keep hiding and insulating and isolating ourselves, then we're missing out on a blessing. And so are the other people that could be joining us at our tables. So friends, I hope that this conversation just blesses you today and encourages you and gives you hope that, you know, even though it might feel awkward, that it's worth pushing through. It's worth um, extending that invitation of hospitality because as Christ followers, Christ followers, we are called to that. And I think we will be pleasantly surprised at the unexpected blessings that God has for our hearts when we open our homes and open our table. And so as we end today, let's just pray and ask God for uh, boldness to maybe extend that invitation and just for his love to surround us during this holiday season. Father, we just come to you today, God. Lord, you see our hearts today, Father. Some of us are bearing anxiety and stress about this next week, having a whole week of a Thanksgiving break and kids home from school and out of routine. And God, I just ask that you would remind us that peace is a person, that it's you, Jesus, and that you are with us throughout the holidays. And Lord, I just ask that you would just give us these unexpected surprises of peace and joy during the times that can feel uncomfortable or stressful or hard. Lord, as we sit down to have these Thanksgiving meals, may our children just receive your peace. May things go better than what we expect, Father. And in Lord, in the moments where we had hoped for a different outcome, may we remind ourselves that our hope is actually on you and you never change. Lord, if there is something in our heart that's been stirring about hosting and opening our home, but the awkwardness or the concerns or the fear or worry of having people over is weighing that decision down to where we won't do it. Lord, I just ask that you give us boldness and you encourage us to extend the invitation and to have those conversations um, of expectations, even when it feels awkward to us, God. Lord, that you would just connect our hearts with families that will love us for who we are and we will love them for who they are, God. Lord, I just ask for your blessings over this holiday season that there would be relationships that are deepened, relationships that are strengthened, and that your joy would fill the hearts that are in our homes. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, friends, we are so grateful that you were here today with us as we talked through hosting for the holidays as a caregiving family. 
next week there will not be a new episode since it's thanksgiving however sandra and i will be going live um, in our abiding facebook group abiding caregiver facebook group next week to tell you how to buy your ticket for the one word for 2022 virtual conference. We are so excited to give you more information to show you how you can buy your ticket and enjoy and join us and many other caregivers as we share our one word for 2022 that God has impressed upon our heart to encourage you. So I hope you have a wonderful weekend preparing for this thankful season that really has already begun. But as we join the rest of our family and friends next week, I pray that you feel prepared and that you feel blessed and you're full of joy in your heart and home. Bye friends.